Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. are hot and so is Stacy King. A whole new generation of Bulls fans and NBA fans are discovering how talented the Bulls TV team of Stacy King and Adam Amin is. You guys are on fire, Stacy, just like the Bulls. I, I imagine this has been, uh, you know, as much fun as you had in a few years. You know what? This has been a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I told the story that when Neil decided to retire and walk away, I honestly thought about walking away with them, you know, going into the sunset with them, dun, riding dun, dun, off dun. like Butch Cassidy and a Sundance Kid. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Breaking news. Okay. But the addition to with Adam Amin uh, has really, it really gave me a, uh, a jolt of, um, of energy. And I've been rejuvenated. And <laughs> I've got my mojo back. And then on top of it, the team is winning. And that's all that matters right now. Woo, daddy. And you also got the hottest podcast in America, Give Me the Hot Sauce, episode 55. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that Stacy is not in the Hustle and Flow studio tonight. He is joining us from Portland, Oregon, where the Bulls are going to play a Wednesday night matchup against Dame Lillard and the Trailblazers. Stacy, uh, before we talk about that, let's go back to the sweep in L.A. I, I read that hadn't happened where they won in Staples Center against both the Clippers and the Lakers in 10 years. So that's a pretty nice accomplishment. Well, I mean, you know, you're going into L.A. and both teams are playing, you know, uh, especially the Clippers. Clippers had won seven in a row when we came in. Uh, the Lakers had just beat San Antonio, um, and they've been playing above 500 since LeBron's been out. So, you know, being in L.A. is, is tough to win. And then to have back-to-back -back games against both those teams is pretty tough. And I also think, Mark, you know, we started off the road trip bad. You know, we were in Golden State, and um, 
you know, next thing you know, um, you know, we got we got manhandled. You know, Steph Curry's busting us up. And uh, hey, is somebody calling? Yeah, I thought somebody's trying to get all of you. You're the most popular man in America. I oh, oh, that is my phone. Oh, hold on, America. That's a fifty dollars fine for having your phone on during the live show. Oh, it's the hotel phone, Mark. Oh, that's okay then. You, you can't control that. That's okay. We'll let you slide on that one. If that had been your personal phone, that'd have been a fine you'd have to throw into the pot. He's like, I'm back, baby. His, his, his night, love- his night entertainment has arrived. <laughs> oh, no. I, oh, oh wow! <laughs> I'm stuck. I'm like a turtle with a shell. I can't. Oh move. man! If you're if you're not if you're not watching this on YouTube, you got to get over there right away because oh. we're catching we're catching King in the middle of an act. He's, he's got something shady going on in that hotel. I don't know what that is. Oh, it must be the yellow Oh, baby, I'm back. America. <laughs> America, this is what happens. This is un, this is unscripted, okay? I'm in a hotel in Portland right now. I heard this ringing. I thought it was coming from the studio. Yeah, it's actually it's actually my hotel because I got some food being delivered, oh. and they're probably calling me right now. It's four in the afternoon. What are you doing eating dinner at four in the afternoon? Listen, Mark, I'm on Chicago time. Okay, <laughs> it's really actually it's actually six o'clock there. All right, all right. I thought and so, it was the aging thing. You know, so, so I'm, you know what? So. <laughs> So I decided I'm staying on Chicago time since we're only on the West Coast for like nine days because it messes up your whole timing of everything. So, so America, uh, be patient with your boy. Okay, uh, I'm I'm bringing the show on the road. I'm important right yeah. now. So, uh, Golden Corral's open to mine. Hey, listen, you know what? I'm staying at I'm staying at this really nice hotel, and I'm in my little chair, and I'm trying to you know roll over to get the phone. <laughs> I was like a turtle on his back, baby. I couldn't move, baby. Oh, Lord, it's hard to move a rolling chair on carpet. Hey, Stacey, you know what else is happening at 6 o'clock? What's that? It's the latest college football rankings. But I've learned after what happened last week, I am not going to go down the list with you. And, and besides, we all know what happened last week, so we ain't going to talk about that today. You know what, Mark? Yeah. You were a friend until you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you were you said good, we always you were, have, we always have trouble at Baylor. You said that last week. Listen. Yes, I did say that, Mark. Yeah. And and you were a damn good friend until you brought that up. Okay. <laughs> uh by the by the way, Mark, I just want to tell you I'm a graduate of the University of Georgia. Oh, that's right. We yeah. are currently number we are currently number one in the nation. <laughs> and we will be playing in the college football championship. I don't know who went to Oklahoma, but whoever, yeah. those fans, I got nothing but love for those fans. I feel bad that your team is out of it. Um, I'm disappointed for you people. I know how it feels to be on a team that has so such high expectations. But in Georgia, we believe we are the best, <laughs> and we are still the best. Stacy has the widest collection of sports hats just so he can flip-flop from team to team as, as things go along. <laughs> I saw you wearing the Yankees hat uh, in uh, San Francisco. You saw our buddy Nick Friedel, too. Did Nick have uh, egg all over his face? I tracked Nick down. Yeah. I tracked Nick down. He came up to where we were sitting at, (laughs) and I told him to get the steak dinner ready. And uh, he said, said, it looks like I was right. He misjudged. He misjudged the Bulls' success, and now he wants to be on the Bulls' bandwagon, but I told him we don't have enough room. Not, Not enough room, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, based on those numbers, so, aren't, aren't we looking at a 56-win season based on well, – Is that what you list. predicted? No, no, 51, but I, if they say the same I pace, it's 50. 56. Yeah. I predicted 50, so uh, at the end of the day, 
that's what I, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm doing. And all, all the national guys are jumping on board. I saw John Hollinger on The Athletic wrote a mea culpa saying, I was wrong. I was wrong about DeMar DeRozan. Mark Stein said the Bulls are legit. I was wrong. And so everybody's trying to, to get, you know, reverse their position, but they can't change it. We got the receipt, Stacey. Well, listen, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people. They're going to have to eat their words. Uh, this team is, is beating some of the best teams in the league. They're not feasting on, you know, bad teams. They're actually, you know, during the preseason, you can say, oh, they're playing Detroit, Cleveland. But look at Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> Cleveland is playing pretty good basketball right now. So mm-hmm. I don't look at them as being like a, a, you know, an easy team. You know, the preseason, it might have seemed that way, but they're playing pretty good basketball. So the Bulls have been beating very good teams, Utah, the Lakers, the Clippers. I mean, after that Golden State game, Mark, and, and they got, you know, Steph Curry just killed them. You know, they. I thought, in my opinion, I thought the, the moment they got caught up in the moment. You know, that's their first time on national television. There's a lot of pressure that goes on that. And then all of a sudden, the moment got too big for them, and they didn't execute defensively. They, they lost Curry, you know, when they, they normally have been able to stay on shooters. Um, they just lost focus. And then all of a sudden, a five-point halftime lead goes into 20, 25, you know. And uh, they didn't play well. But give them credit, they came back against the Clippers. They Their defense was phenomenal this weekend. And I honestly think the Clippers just thought they were going to walk through the Bulls. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we won seven to seven in a row. They just got blown out by Golden State, so we're going to blow them out too. And when they came out from the opening first quarter mark, they put their stamp on how the game was going to be played. They really dictated the tempo uh, with their aggressive defense. They they actually just punched the Clippers in the mouth, and they had no response for it. Alex Caruso has been such a revelation. I mean, what he does on the defensive end, he leads the NBA in steals, makes so many big plays. They're really asking him to play power forward at times. He doesn't give an inch. He was frustrating Paul George in that Clippers game. You know, what this guy has brought to the team, he may not score a lot of points, but the intangibles he brings, I think, have really been one of the keys behind his fast start. Well, and I I think what, you know, Billy Donovan is doing is trying to get his best players on the floor to start games. You know, losing Vooch hurts. You know, you, mm-hmm. you miss that third score. And by putting Alex in the lineup, you got two great on-ball defenders plus a small ball lineup that can actually, with the exception of Tony Bradley, who's the center, you've got four pieces out there that are interchangeable. Uh, they can guard anybody on the floor uh, for certain periods of time. And then they're able to to help recover, get out to shooters, I mean, if you look at the Clippers, the Clippers came in one of the better three-point shooting teams in the league. They couldn't get their shot off. You know, Luke Kennard couldn't even get an open shot. I mean, every time he, every time the ball was swung to him, the rotation was so quick. Those guys that ever had the opportunity to shoot the ball. And uh, it, you, you, you know, you throw in Javante Green, uh, Derek Jones Jr. You know, those guys came off the bench and played extremely well. Uh, they frustrated Paul George. You know, every time Paul George – tried to drive. I mean, he literally had bodies on him. They were, it's like football. When you say the quarterback, you know, has to feel hits. That's kind of what the bulls are doing with superstar players on the opposite teams. They're making them feel bodies. They're making them feel contact. Every time they drive, they're getting bodies on them. Every time someone cuts to the basket, they're getting bodies on them. Now with the exception of golden state, had they had that same approach mark against Steph Curry and Jordan Poole, uh, I don't know if that game that game probably could have been different and might have went in the Bulls' favor because again, 
the Bulls at, at one point in the first half was were doing really, really well against Golden State. And then only to be down five at halftime, that first three minutes of that third quarter, which I always say is the most important part of the game, coming into halftime, which team comes out more mentally focused and mentally ready, and it was Golden State. DeMar DeRozan, now third in the NBA in scoring at right around 27 points a game. He's shooting 51% from the field, 37% of career best from the three-point line. And you brought out a new nickname, DeMarvelous DeRozan. Uh, He's been spectacular. Well, you know, I brought that name out a long time ago, Mark. You just got wind of it just now. (laughs) (laughs) You're late. You're late to the party. I was calling him in preseason. But – I tell you what, I mean, all the people who said that was the worst signing the Bulls could have done, he's overpaid and all this other crap, uh, they actually didn't know what they were talking about because you don't know this kid. You don't know what he's all about. You don't know how professional he is. And he's a prideful guy. You know, I mean, you know, having that situation in Toronto where he helped carry that organization to as far as it could go. Then he ends up getting traded for Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard wins the championship with uh, Kyle Lowry, which that was his running mate. And, you know, DeMar got shipped off to San Antonio and didn't get to be part of that. That had to hurt him. And then to be in San Antonio to play a role that he hasn't been played before ever, they played him a lot of power forward in San Antonio in small ball uh, and basically just used his veteran leadership. You know, he wasn't asked to do the things that he's asked to do here. Here, this is the way he's playing in Chicago right now, um, guys, is is the way he played in Toronto when he was one of the top mm-hmm. players in the game. And he looks refreshed. He looks rejuvenated. He looks happy to be here. He loves his role. Uh, he's not trying to step on anybody's toes. He's doing he's doing the very things that he's been doing his whole career. You know, when people say, well, he's going to have to make an adjustment to play with Zach or Zach's going to have to make an adjustment to play with him. You got to remember, all-star players are going to figure it out. They're going to figure it out. It's not like, you know, Zach hadn't been an all-star. Maybe he's threatened by Damar. He's an all-star. He's on the Olympic team. He understands he can get his points anytime, anywhere, because he's such a – he scores so easily. Damar scores so easily. And then you got a point guard like, you know, Lonzo Ball, who's the facilitator. He's the maestro. He gets everybody easier shots, whether it be in transition or whether it just be in the half-court game. It makes their job easier. Damar – spoke with reporters on a couple of occasions during the two games in Los Angeles. People read and heard about the fact that he grew up in Compton from that area, you know, had a, had a tough upbringing. And, you know, he's, it's always special for him to go back and, and give back to that community with summer camps. And then he said something after the game last night where he, where he mentioned the fact that he thought that he was going to go home and play for the Lakers. He said that he and his agent had been talking with the Lakers and he thought they were close to a deal. But then they, at the last minute, they decided to switch and go for Russell Westbrook. He said, there's no hard feelings. You know, Westbrook's a future Hall of Famer. I can understand what they were doing, but he he really shed some light on the fact that he almost became a Laker, and he was really serious about coming home. But the way he's embraced this whole concept of of being a Bull and coming to Chicago, I think that's had a tremendous impact on the entire organization because he's lifted up everybody around him. Well, I mean, let's let's let's, let's send a special shout-out to the Lakers. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) <laughs> you, 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 you've given us Alex Russo and you gave us DeMar DeRozan, two guys who are key players in the resurrection of the Bulls franchise this season. OK, those two guys are game changers and we were able to get them. And, and six degrees separation 
We also got Lonzo Ball. Yeah, they traded him away. Yeah, yeah, two former Lakers, and then one one guy who could have been a Laker. Yeah. Um, If you look, if you look at the Lakers last night, um, you know they could use those guys. They could use those guys right now. You know, they're older team, a veteran team, and I believe the Lakers think when LeBron comes back, it's going to make all right. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. LeBron, LeBron coming back will definitely help because he does so many things that help you win games. But at the end of the day, LeBron can't play all five positions. He can't defend point guards, everybody on the floor at the same time. And they have a big problem defensively. You heard Anthony Davis uh, after the game talk about their defense sucked. Um, they, they gave up too many easy baskets. They don't come out and play hard all the time. Uh, they don't come out in the third quarter and play. If you're the organization, you're the general manager, you're the owner of the team, you got to be a little bit discouraged by hearing that from your superstar player. Because you know, you've invested a lot of time and money into constructing this roster, and then your superstar player, your second best player, or arguably one A and one B player, is saying that we suck, that we don't play defense, we don't play hard, we don't compete. Uh, that's got to be a little alarming to you, especially when you have championship aspirations. But on the same token, let's give the Bulls their flowers. You know they took it to the Lakers and the Clippers. They played extremely hard. They won the 50-50 balls. This is something that we've seen all season long. This is not something, Mark, where we've seen a couple of games they do it, they take three games off, where we've seen that in the past. You know, last year, let's just use last year, where they would play good defensively for a quarter, a quarter and a half, and then disappear the rest of the game. You're not seeing that this year. You're seeing guys come out because you got guys like Caruso, because you got guys like Lonzo Ball, Derek Jones Jr., uh, you know, you got uh, uh, Javante Green, guys who their mindset is to play defense. Their mindset is to compete at a high level. Then you get guys like Zach, your superstar player, and Vucevic, who now see all this stuff going on around them, they're forced to have to come out with that same mentality. They're forced to come out and have to play hard. They're forced to have to, to uh, you know, to rotate defensively and be where they're supposed to be because you don't want to be a guy on a winning team that's holding your team back defensively. I, I thought the uh, ejection of Anthony Davis was one of the flimsiest uh, ejections I've ever seen. That's like uh, Whispers not wanting to tie his shoes during a game at the health club, and, and you won't let you won't stop to let the guy tie his shoes. I, it was so funny. He looks at the referee and he's like, "Man, that's BS." You know, you couldn't wait for five yeah. seconds to let me tie my shoe. Well, Mark, there was more said than that yeah, was yeah, BS. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and plus, and plus, plus, that was some stuff that carried over in the game as well. The Lakers were doing a lot of chirping. Uh, they didn't like the way the Bulls came out and played. They didn't like the way the Bulls were beating them up. And here the Bulls are a smaller team. Anthony Davis got held uh, uh, under double figures in the first half, you know, because the Bulls took away everything that he wants to do. Now, the previous game, I watched the previous game against the Spurs, between the Lakers and the Spurs, and Anthony Davis just off those pick and rolls, those pick and dives, you know, there was 14 or 15 possessions where he either scored or assisted just off of that particular play. That means, Mark, they weren't running a a specific play, like post him up, run a cross series, bring him to the post and post him up because he has size. They were just running a basic pick and roll and dive, like you see every single night. But the difference is, is when you see big guys dive on other teams, they don't get the ball. But big guy like Anthony Davis, who can score in the paint, and he's your your 
best player on the floor, he's going to get those balls. He's going to get that. So they killed the Spurs on that, and the Spurs never made adjustments. So give Billy Donovan and his coaching staff credit when they scouted him because they the first couple plays, they tried that. They tried to set a screen and dive him for the lob. And how many times do you see Lonzo jump up and knock it down or someone like, you know, deflecting like defensive backs, you know, jumping up, deflecting passes. He couldn't get anything in the early going. Carmelo Anthony, who had been coming in the game, Mark, who was hot, who was shooting the three, unbelievable, couldn't get anything. Uh, Malik Monk, who had a couple of big games over the last week or so, couldn't get shots. The only kid that really played well, uh, the only two guys that really played well was Russell Westbrook. And it wasn't because Russell was shooting. It was because he got to the rim and was able to score at the rim. But then when the Bulls in the second half figured that out and said, okay, let's take away his drive because they were so concerned with stopping Anthony Davis that they said they, they gave up those drives early. But in the second half, it's like, here you go, Lonzo Ball, put the <laughs> handcuffs on, and uh, I'll give you the key when it's time when the game's over. I thought Derek Jones played his best game as a bull. I was kind of surprised he wasn't in the rotation the first couple of games, but then after Patrick Williams got injured, uh, Billy Donovan got him in there. And, you know, he's only 6'5", 6'6", but he's got long arms. He's an explosive leaper. And I thought he did a good job against AD getting his hands in there and really frustrating him at times. Well, he's a very he's a very good defender. I mean, he can guard anybody on the floor. He's He plays bigger than what he actually is because of his jumping ability. Um, the thing I like about Derrick Jones Jr. is, is that he's fearless. You know, uh, the one thing, the difference between, you know, you know Bradley who started and then, you know, when they brought in Derrick Jones Jr., the difference is, is that Derrick is a threat to score off the pick and dive. You can throw it to the rim. You can give him a bounce pass. He's going to look to dunk. He's putting pressure on the defense where – Tony Bradley, and he did a much better job in the second half. The first, mm-hmm. the first quarter, he had three of the Bulls' first five turnovers. Like, he couldn't catch the ball. He wasn't ready. He was, like, uncertain what he was going to do with the ball. But I thought in the second half, after watching Derrick Jones, how he was doing it, I, th- I thought Tony Bradley decided, like, hey, I can do this too because he's a highly skilled offensive player. I think a lot of people watched that game yesterday and go, what is he doing out there or whatever. The kid can score in the post. You know, it's just a matter of, you know, now his role has been expanded because Vooch being out. So they need him, especially tomorrow against Nurkic, uh, you know, Friday night against, you know, Jokic. You're going to need his size. You're going to need him in there, and his role is going to be even more bigger in these next two games than they were in L.A. For those of you watching on YouTube, and you really should check it out if you have the opportunity, you just saw Whispers with a big draw of beer. I, I think he's, he's thirsting to ask Stacy a question. What, what's on your mind, uh, Tim? There's got to be something going on. There's, there's always something on his mind, and it might not even be about this show. Yeah, it, whatever's problem. going on. Well, we got to go through the layers here. <laughs> but first, what's up with those yeah, yellow what, headphones? What, Where do those what, come hey. from? Okay, first of all, Tim, you know, when, you, when, you, when you are a superstar like myself, you know, these are, these are called boats, okay? These are custom-made for me, okay? The color, black and white, I call them my bumblebees, okay? I've got about four pairs of boats, and these are my bumblebees. These are my favorite ones. And since I'm on Zoom with you guys today, I had to pull these out because I didn't bring my actual little my little earpieces. So this tends to work, and I thought it would spice up the color of the room where I'm at right now because it is kind of bland in here. It looks like a Tiffany's. It's got the Tiffany colors. I don't know oh, if yeah. you guys can see it. It is nice. But, but it's a really nice room. But it's it's kind of creepy. It's a little older hotel. <laughs> and just uh, last night, I thought somebody was looking at me through the closet, and I had to get up a couple of times to make sure no one was in my room. Oh, there's some cameras in there. 
Yeah, it probably is. I'm probably got a two way mirror right here looking at me right now. <laughs> it's not haunted like that place in Oklahoma City, is it? No, that no, no. But it's it's this place, and there's a place in Orlando, the Bohemian, that is pretty creepy. Yeah. You know, you walk past. You know, you're in the Bohemian. You walk into the hallway, and they'll have a painting with eyes. You know, they'll be yeah, right, they'll right. be there, and all of a sudden, you you'll feel like the eyes are moving, <laughs> and then the eyes will be like this, and then when you turn to look at it, and it'll go back. <laughs> hey you've been you've been traveling for a long time going back to your college days at oklahoma tell us uh, tell us a, a story about uh life on the road maybe something weird that happened or some kind of embarrassing it doesn't have to be your experience you know something one of your teammates did or you know something like that and and, and not mitchell brothers well, leave that oh uh, mitchell brothers hold on is that your food <laughs> hold on Oh, so, sorry about that, America. That was my phone again. Uh, you know what? Travel. I've been to a lot of places. Um, I've had I've, I've had a lot of experiences on the road, um, and I love traveling. I love I love traveling. I love being in hotels and stuff and seeing everything. But after a certain point, you've done it, seen it, done it all. Okay. Um, I think some of the funnest times is when um, when I was younger. When I, my first year in the league. You know. Oh, Lord. Hold on, guys. <laughs> oh, Put me on hold. They're, they're trying to get a hold of him. Oh, his food's here. I, I guess we'll talk amongst ourselves while the star of the show waits for his, uh, his food order. Our, our special yeah. guest. So, Whispers, what do you think about the way the Bulls are playing? Well, I was wondering uh, when we were talking about uh, Jones the Jr. there, did Stacy ever hit his head on the back uh, of the backboard? Oh, he could have. He's certainly did. tall enough. Yeah. yeah. But that's, yeah. That's, that's not something that I think he's going to want to share if, if it actually happens. Yeah, I, I don't think so. <laughs> but uh yeah I'm, I'm very comfortable with the uh 51 win yeah you you were you were a trendsetter with that pick yeah. you had him third in the east i'm usually so wrong i should have played yeah. some bets <laughs> well you know i think a lot of people were concerned with all, they basically turn over the entire roster and are, they're wondering all these new pieces fit but you saw that right off the bat you were ahead of the curve i'm just giving whispers <laughs> props <laughs> for picking the bulls to be third in the east that, that's looking pretty good for him right now Okay, first of all, first of all, listen, I'm not listen. Okay, Whispers Whispers is trying to act like he was Nostradamus, okay? I said they were going to win over 50 games. He wasn't the only one, Mark, okay? I said they're going to be over 50 games. I said they're going to beat the Knicks. They're going to be better than the Knicks. So, Whispers, I'm not giving you all the credit. So, don't, don't be sitting there basking. Well, you said 50, even I though you, 51. Wait a minute. So we'll wait a minute, hold up. Whispers, don't be basking in the sunlight. <laughs> Even though you need a tan right now, you're looking awful pale over yeah, there. Yeah, right I now, lost okay? my hot dog the look. Pale rider. Yeah, you no longer, you know, you lost your lobster look, okay? So I need you to get back in the tanning booth because you, you, you're a little pale right now, a little peaking, okay? It's, it's winter. So stop trying to take all the credit that you were the only one that said it because I said it too. Well, you know, right. Stacy, we got the phone call, so that kind of interrupted us. But you got you got to you got to give the folks a story about the champion bulls on the road. Give them a story that they'll, they'll oh, enjoy. Oh man, I tell you what, I, I listen. There's, there's a lot of stories I can't tell you. Yeah, we understand. Um, yeah, but you know, there you know, being on that team, like I've always said, is like being on a rock band, rock stars. You know, when we pull up to a hotel, you know, there'd be anywhere between 500 to like you know a thousand people waiting for us to get off the elevator or get off the bus, and it could be. It could be two in the morning, you know, um, and those are really, really, I mean, being a 21 year old, me and BJ being, you know, one of the youngest, you know, being the youngest guys on the team at the time, we were still kids. So, you know, we get off the elevator, we get off the bus and you'd walk in the hotel. And that's, that's when fans could actually be in the hotel. Even right. if you didn't stay in the hotel, they would always be in there. So it was kind of like, I mean, honestly, you know, being a young kid, I saw a lot of stuff, man. Oh, oh my God, America. 
if you only knew what these odds have seen. Woo! Oh, anyway, let me get back to the story. Let me refocus <laughs> here. So, so you'd get off and you'd have all these people in the lobby and, you know, you'd have people asking for autographs and everything. But the, 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 the girls, it was unbelievable. <laughs> it was like, it's like really walking a chocolate factory. There's, there was, there was the pink, there's candy, cotton candy over here. There was, there was candied apples over here. Oh, Mark, Timmy. Oh, oh, oh I got refocused, refocused, refocused. But what some of my best memories is that, honestly. Is there a statute of limitations? Because I had a girlfriend at the time. She might hear this right now. I might be in trouble. I'm sorry. Sorry. It was old memories, 21. Anything goes on a podcast. Anything goes. Anything goes. Okay. But seriously, me and BJ, I think our first year, we visited every single mall in America. Like, that was our big thing. Like, we would, because we were kids. Everybody else was married. And, you know, they had kids. And we were two of the youngest guys on the team. So, we were, you know, we were just out of college. So, we would get to a hotel. Let's say we'd be in Portland. You know, if we didn't have practice schedule, which we didn't, um, we'd be like, all right, maybe down the lobby, 10 minutes, let's get to the mall. Let's go to we, Chess King. We, uh, we, visited, <laughs> we visited every mall in America. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was the funnest things. I, we used to do paintball. We had paintball team, paintball things where we go out to, you know, those, those little yeah. outdoor things and shoot paintballs. We did that kind of stuff. Went to movies as a group. Um, you know, I think also, I think like when you, when you, when you look at, you know, when you travel a lot, you become so much closer with everybody. You know, as you got as we got older, we started, you know, there used to be cliques formed. You know, you have five guys go to dinner, you know, four guys go to dinner, stuff like that. Um, also, like, you know, we would also because we my first year we flew commercial. So we always had to stay the night in the city after a game. Like right now. Like I said, we, lo- we left Los Angeles last night, last night after playing the Lakers. We flew directly to Portland, so we didn't get in until like 2 in the morning. In the olden days, back in 1989-90 season, we would not have been able to fly out that night unless it was a red eye coming from the West Coast going to the East Coast. That would be the only way you could fly. But most teams, every team used to have to stay the night in the city. So when you got to stay in a cool city like L.A., Miami, that was awesome. You guys stay in a city is like, oh, God, Detroit, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Cleveland. You know, those are the ones you wish you could take a Greyhound bus out of, you know, because there wasn't nothing to do. You know what I'm saying? So we had a lot of fun doing that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, a lot of my stories really kind of X-rated, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, you're giving us all the PG stuff, going to a mall. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, we're doing, yeah, 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 we're going to the mall. Um, you know, this, you know just being with Phil Jackson and, and, you know, him passing out the books and giving you all kind of like these Zen readings and stuff like that on the road. That was really, that was really crazy. Cause like, I will say this about Phil. Uh, Phil had a pulse of his team. Like he knew each one of every individual player. And so every book was tailor made for you, you know? So he'd always give me since I was, since I was a team comedian, he, he always thought it was funny. Give me like comedian books. Like he gave me Beavis and Butthead. Uh, my first year. <laughs> so, so um, and he thought that was funny. I didn't think that was funny. Matter of fact, I threw the book at him, told me, give me, give me something that's uh, educational. Cause I'm, I have higher standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he, we tried, we tried, he wouldn't go anywhere. He gave us nothing. You know, we spent a lot of time, but he gave us nothing. He, he, he does have a future as a politician. He doesn't want you know? to tell us about those girls. He made like mini skirt and Eileen, you, you know, like- Hey, Hey, listen guys, listen guys, listen, 
This is I have children listening to podcasts. Okay, I have an image. I am not going to give out know. any information. You won't go there. No, they don't want to know. No, and just what? And she liked it too. Hey, <laughs> hey, listen, buddy. Yeah, remember that happened to Bob? <laughs> hey, listen. Hey, listen, buddy. Hey, all I got to say about that is. There is no statute of limitation when that when that comes up there. Because you you might have some crazy dude waiting for me outside with a 38. Uh, no. I did nothing like that. I was a choir boy. Okay. Okay. Could you hear that wink wink? Yeah. Well, we're not gonna get anything wink, on that wink. subject, but this was funny from last night's broadcast. It was garbage time. The Bulls had blown out the Lakers, and they they emptied the benches. So DeAndre Jordan, who at one point was you know <laughs> had a great NBA career, unfortunately had to play with the with the scrubs. So he comes in there and he gets a steal, and and Matt Thomas lets him go the other way. And, and Stacy, tell tell the folks what you what you said on the broadcast. Oh my God! <laughs> okay, America Bulls Nation. Um. I think DeAndre Jordan is probably 72 years old. And, um, <laughs> and hey, I give him credit because I still think he can play. Like, he can do some things that can help a team win, especially a veteran team. I mean, I, we could probably use him as a backup on our team. So, he comes in the game. He's been sitting the whole day. He, he didn't even play the last game. So, like, he yeah. hasn't played in a couple games. So, you, you got to believe that he's not really, you know, in, you know, his body's not ready to go in that situation. But he, he makes this block. He blocks a three-point shot, and the ball gets out in transition. And so, he takes off. And he's running, and he beats, you know, Matt Thomas for the ball. And, and Matt Thomas, let him keep, he just let him keep going. And I'm like, Neil Funk could have caught him. <laughs> like, Neil Funk is 70-something. Neil Funk would have ran him down. I said, I said, I said, DeAndre Jordan ran to 40 in two weeks. That's how slow he was. And Matt let him go. And I'm like, Matt, you're like 20-some years old. You cannot let that, 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 that veteran player who's been in the league 15, 16 years who didn't even have Flexall or Tiger Bomb on come <laughs> in the game and outrun you for a loose ball. I was just, oh, I, I, was, I let Matt have it. Yes, I, I, I had to. I had to. That could never happen. <laughs> Yeah, your partner Adam Mean almost lost it. He was laughing so hard he could barely continue with the broadcast. You know, you know what's funny. You know what's funny though, because like I mean, we're having such a good time. I think people, you know, over the years we've you know the last five six years the Bulls haven't been very good, and we've been doing. I've been doing this for the longest, right? And I think now that we're winning, is a whole new audience. You know, the whole new. Bulls Nation knows what what I do, you know, and how I come to the game and how I, I bring it every night. I think now that we're getting national attention and it's getting out there a little bit more, teams are wanting to watch the Bulls. People are wanting to watch the Bulls. We're getting a lot more attention, so people are like, "Oh my God, Stacey King's awesome!" I, I, you know, that's you go through phases, Mark, and you know this. Like, you know, Derrick Rose years, we were we were up on the mountaintop, yeah. and I was doing it then. Then we, you know, we went down the valley, we <laughs> were way down the valley. And, and there were some lean years. And now we're, we're moving back in the direction where we're back up on the mountaintop and people are starting to take notice. But I do the same things every night, um, whether we win, lose or draw. <clears throat> that's my job is to, to entertain, to give you knowledge about the game, to break down things uh, and to, to entertain people who may not be able to come to the game and, and you know, be able to afford a Bulls game with four right. or five family members. You know what I'm saying? So. I want them to have the best experience they can have um, watching the game. And that's a credit to Adam as well. And, again, the Bulls have allowed me to create my own lane. 
I'm not, I'm not for everybody. I know that, you know, I'm, some people may say I'm over the top or whatever. That's their opinion. But it's funny because I, I was kind of the first analyst that kind of broke the mold of just being just a regular analyst that just did X's and O's. You know, I did a telestrator, um, you know, I add humor, I add energy to the broadcast every night. And now you see when they said that it couldn't be done, like that wouldn't be acceptable. I had some people tell me that when I first started. And now I see a lot of people kind of biting my style a little bit. They try to, it's like a copy. That, that, that's a form of flattery, you know, that people are doing that. And it's cool seeing, you know, people kind of recreate what I do. You know, mm-hmm. we get we get into a lot of debates with Charlotte. You know, everybody wants to talk about us in Charlotte. Like, oh, you know, who's better? Da, da, da. Me and Adam don't really get into that kind of stuff because we know we're just concerned about the Bulls. We're concerned about our fan base, and that's all we care about. But it's fun listening to Twitter and having the fans go back and forth of, of their guys versus our guys who's best. It's pretty cool looking at that. Well, Eric Collins was in Chicago for a long time. He's the play-by-play guy of the yes. Hornets, and I think he's – I'm not saying he's ripped off your style, but he's he's taken some not necessarily your catchphrases, but the way that you describe action. You know, the guy runs out for a dunk and he's going fiddly d and all this stuff, and and, yeah. and he's getting a lot of national play on that. Well, he he's you know he's a cool guy. I work with Adam. I, I mean, I worked with uh, Eric uh, when I was doing DePaul games when mm-hmm. I first started doing broadcasting, and I enjoyed working with him. He wasn't doing that back then, right? Um, but he, he was he was very good at what he does. Um, and he'll teach his own, you know, right, I mean, right. he, you know, he's the play by play guy. I'm, I'm the analyst and, and Neil Funk, I will say this, if it wasn't for Neil Funk, I probably wouldn't be the way I am now because Neil allowed me to grow and allow me to have all these special moments, these big time mm-hmm. calls, because you know, Mark, it's really the play by play guy who gets all those calls. And Neil just basically said, Hey, I don't need it. I've been doing it for 30 years. Right. Do you? And he allowed me to grow into that role. So I actually am kind of the play by play. I do the play by play role as far as all the exciting plays. And, um, you know, Neil's allowed me to do that. So if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't be able to, to, to be where I'm at today. You know, who else is having a great time enjoying this bulls run is our good buddy, Jeff Vukovic. Of course, he's the king of nationwide insurance. You know, he's a loyal Chicago sports fan. He backs all the Chicago teams, especially enjoying what the Bulls are doing right now. So, you know, when it comes to insurance for your auto, home, or business, make sure to contact the king of insurance, nationwide agent Jeff Vukovic at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. Stacey, you got the golden pipes ready to roll in Portland tonight? When you need some by, someone by your side, <laughs> you need them by your side. Nationwide is on your side. Oh, oh wow. We, 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 wow. Got the, we got the LP I, cut on that. Must be the oh, I broke it out. I broke it out, Jill Scott, baby. Jill Scott, I stole it. I heard her singing, so I said, I'm going to do it too, baby. Woo! I, 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 I'm a professional analyst. DJ Pavel. There you go. The yeah. Russian nightmare. <laughs> Woo! So Jeff, Jeff, our buddy, got some some extra love today. Stacy brought out the uh, the long play version yes. of the jingle. 
That, that was great. Yes. And so Thank we, we always want to send your Jeff's way if you have any insurance needs. He's been a great sponsor of the show, and we always enjoyed our friendship over the years. Hey, one thing I didn't ask you about the Bulls yet. Kobe looked lost yesterday. Kobe White. I mean, I know it's his first game back. He probably was wondering, is my shoulder going to hold up if I run into a screen? And he, he was kind of tiptoeing out there. And that's not Kobe White. I'm sure he's going to get better and better as the games go on. Yeah, you know what? I I thought he looked a little apprehensive as well. But I also think that, you know, here he's on a new team, basically. Yeah. yeah. You know, where his role is not defined yet. He doesn't know what his role is. You know, when he, before, when you had, you know, Archie Diacono and all these guys, he kind of knew that I was that second or third guy. And I think now he's he's trying to find out what his role is actually going to be because he's going from a starting role to now coming off the bench. And now... There's other guys on the team that are in that rotation. You got Io who's fought his way into that rotation. You know, Derrick Jones Jr. Um, Caruso now is in a starting lineup. You know, so you know, there's there's a whole new role for him. And I think I thought yesterday he was just trying to feel it out. You know, where's his where's his shots gonna come from? You know, where where do I need to be on the floor? You know, and I think the more he figures it out. It's going to take him some time because he's missed training camp. You know, he didn't get to play with any of these guys. He got hurt early. So this is going to be – it's going to be a difficult transition, but they need him. They need him to come in off the bench. They need him to be a scorer. They need him to be Kobe White. I, I believe he will be. The kid's too talented. Um, it's just a matter of him trying to figure out where his role is. As we uh, record the show on Tuesday evening, the Bulls sit at 10-4. and four. They're tied with Brooklyn for second in the East behind the surprising Washington Wizards. You know, when that trade was made for Westbrook, I was telling people they got a nice return for that. You know, they, they, they got back uh, Kyle Kuzma, who's a, a really a good shooter, a guy who can score points in a hurry. They got Montrez Harrell, who kind of fell out of the rotation with the Lakers, but is a good backup big, or, or he can start at times. And they also got Contavious Caldwell-Pope. So I'm not saying that they're going to have the staying power the Bulls will have, but I thought that uh, they did a great job in reshaping that trade in, in sending Westbrook to L.A. Well, I mean, listen, you're never going to get back, Mark, when you trade a superstar Hall of Fame player. You're never going to get back equal value. But what you want to try to get back is serviceable pieces that are players that you can build around that can be foundation players. And and they got younger. You know, I mean, Westbrook is is Westbrook. You see how he struggled early in, in L.A. with uh, trying to find out what his role is going to be because he's a ball-dominant guard. And he's playing with a ball dominant forward in LeBron James. So now his role has been totally different. He's got to learn how to play off the ball. He's got to learn how to be a spot up shooter. I I, I don't think he'll ever change. I don't think that, that he will ever be comfortable in that role. You saw it since LeBron has been out. He's had some of his biggest games as a Laker that LeBron has been out triple doubles. He's close to a triple double uh, nightly uh, because the ball's in his hands. And you saw it last night against us when, the Lakers were struggling early. It was him that said, you know what, enough of this. I'm getting the ball and I'm just driving it. And I'm going to either get contact and one or whatever. Uh, and he was the one that kept him close, I thought, in that first quarter by the way he plays. But when LeBron comes back, his role goes back to being the same. He's never going to be a, a three-point shooter. He's never going to be a consistent outside shooter that if you leave you know, double LeBron or Anthony Davis, you kick it to him, he'll drain a three like a Buddy Heald or Zach or someone like that, uh, Bradley Beal. It's just not his game. But on the Washington side, 
they got a bunch of complimentary players to go alongside of Bradley Beal. Now you you gave Daniel Gafford a big contract, and he's played. He's, and he's, they he's signed out there. He's Spencer well. Dinwiddie too. They brought in. And, and, and Spencer Dinwiddie at the point guard is that's a kid that we should have kept yeah, a few yeah. years ago. But we you know we kept Jaron Grant over him, mm-hmm. and that kid went on, went to the G League, played well, got brought up by Brooklyn, and was their starting point guard. And he was one of the reasons why Kyrie Irving came to Brooklyn and and, and yeah. Kevin Durant. So. This kid was on the fringe of making an all-star team um, coming from the G League. So you knew he could play. It was just a matter of getting in the right situation and the right system. And when he got hurt, I thought that hurt Brooklyn's chances. It, helped, it hurt their depth. So now he's in Washington, true point guard. He plays both ends. You know, he's big, he plays bigger than he actually is. He takes pressure off of, off of Bradley Beal because he can score. He can shoot the basketball. Bradley Beal now is playing with a complimentary uh, guard that is not just drive, 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 drive 100% of the time. Now it's a guy that actually will, brought, will bring a defender out on him to have to respect his three-point shooting, which now opens up driving lanes for Beal to get to the basket or create for his teammates. Yeah, Washington's done a nice job. They've drafted pretty well. Uh, Rui Hachimura, who they took in the first round a couple of years ago, hasn't even played yet this season. Uh, Denny Avdia, the kid from Israel that they picked up, has been coming off the bench and doing okay. And, and as you mentioned, Daniel Gafford, the former Bull, doing a nice job as their starting center. So you look at Washington, Cleveland's off to a nice start. Uh Charlotte is good with LaMelo Ball, who's playing some fantastic basketball. Which of those teams do you think have staying power? Do you think any of those three will crack the playoff field in the East, Stace? Yeah, I do. I, I still think Milwaukee is – what they're going through right now is kind of a hangover. Yeah. I think that they're going to turn it around, and they're going to they're gonna be up there with the, the elite teams when it's all said and done. Um, I, I, I don't think – I think of the of the teams with staying power. I think Charlotte. I think is going yeah. to be the team that is going to stay more so than than Washington. Um, you know, Washington is a couple of injuries away to any of those players, and they, you know, they might be done. You know, uh, and then also you got to remember that those kind of teams like Cleveland, Washington, um, they're younger. They're younger players, so right. they're having success now because you know younger players tend to do better early that first month, month and a half, because the veteran teams haven't hit their stride yet. The veteran teams are are taking their time and improving as the season goes along because at the end of the at the end of the day, the goal is to be your best at the end of the year, then be the best in um, October and November. And so a lot of these teams are are really good now because they got younger players. But it's going to be hard for them to sustain that because every night when you're winning, expectations go up. So Washington winning, Cleveland winning, you got to come out every single night and play that level of basketball. I don't know if they can sustain that. When you look at, you know, the, the, the Warriors, for instance, you know, Warriors had the best record. You know, they played the most games at home. Then they came and they lost to Charlotte the other night. Now they're out, they're out here on the East Coast, and we're going to see how good they really are. It was that just uh, smoke and mirrors. I don't think so. I think they're going to be a problem in the Western Conference. I think they, they have a legitimate chance of getting out of the West when they get Clay Thompson back and they get Wiseman back, um, they're going to be a legit threat. They defend, they can shoot the basketball, they hit you in waves. And what Steve, we talked about this a couple weeks ago about Steve Kerr. You know, you got to give those guys credit because they developed all these role players. They knew they were going to lose. They knew they weren't going anywhere. They almost made the playoffs because Steph came back in the end, but they, they end up in the playoff playing game. But, um, 
the way they develop Poole and some of these younger guys on that team um, has been amazing because now those guys are, are pivotal role players when their whole team comes back. And you get Clay Thompson out there, and they, from what I hear, uh, he's looked exceptionally well. He could probably come back now if they wanted to, but they're not pushing it. Uh, he's shooting the ball as good as he's shot the ball. Um, you know, Wiseman's close. Wiseman's probably closer to come back than Clay. But when they get those guys back, and they're already like, I think they, well, when they lost two or three games right now, they're ten it's and two, two yeah. ten and three. Yeah, I mean, they've beaten some good teams. They're not like it's beating a bunch of cream puffs. So uh, they they really they've surprised me a little bit. Um, but I, I do after seeing them, they're real. Looking at the Western Conference standings, you look at the top eight teams, and they're pretty much who you would have expected to be up there. Of course, we've not even at the one-quarter poll of the season, but the one team that's kind of skidded a little bit is the team the Bulls will see Wednesday night, the Portland Trailblazers, and the ongoing drama with Dame Lillard. I know you've just arrived in Portland, so you haven't had a chance to really check out much of what's going on in the city, but do you think that they may consider trading him at midseason if they continue to struggle as they have early in the season? Well, I mean, you, you, you got to make a decision. You know, what direction do you want to go into? Or, I mean, how much what how much further can you go with the backcourt of McCollum and Dame Lillard? You know, at some point you're going to say, is it just good just making it to being a fourth or fifth seed and only getting knocked out in the second round? I mean, what's the ultimate goal here? Are you trying to be a championship team? Because if you're going to be a championship team in this league, you got you got you got to make some some moves and sell out. You know, basically, you got to you got to put the people around Dame Lillard because you're kind of wasting his prime years. You know, so if you're not going to win with him, if you're just content, if your goal is to content, just making the playoffs and get to the second round with Dame, then keep him. But if your ultimate goal is to, to win a championship and you don't think you got got the team to win it, he, he's a person that can bring you valuable assets back. There's a lot of teams who would love to have Dame Lillard. And there's a lot of teams that have the assets and the capital to be able to make that and facilitate that trade, then you do with that, you know, but if you're, if you're content just being a second round team every year and winning, you know, 48 games or 50 games and getting knocked out by, you know, Phoenix or someone that's somebody in the second round every year, you know, so be it. So as I mentioned, we are recording the show on Tuesday evening. So we're going to ask Stacy to play uh, Nostradamus. You concerned at all about a letdown for the Bulls after the way they routed the Clippers and the Lakers to go into sleepy Portland and then maybe get caught napping a little bit. Well, I mean, here's what I said coming into this this trip. Like, I, I thought they could win three out of five. Right. I thought the, the, the two teams that would give them problems was was Golden State. Right. And then I thought uh, Denver would give them problems. And the Bulls never went uh, in Denver. Even when you played, they didn't win yeah, in Denver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just thought I just thought with Yo, uh, Joker, Jokic too, is just too big. You know, I mean, he's, and he's too talented. So that was going to be tough for them. Could can they win? Yeah. Sure, yeah. I mean, after seeing what they did to Anthony Davis, I'm like, hell yeah, they can win because the way they play defense, they do defend. Uh, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. So that always going to give them a puncher's chance against anybody. So um, I figured they'd go three and two on this trip. Um, I thought the game in Golden State. Uh, I thought we could we could have surprised Golden State. I thought we were going to sneak that sneak a win there. I felt like they they there was a letdown defensively in the second half where guys kind of forgot where Steph Curry was. And that's a guy you can't forget. Whoever's guarding him, you cannot have any separation because he moves better, Mark, than Reggie, Reggie Miller did. Reggie Miller was, was notorious for running without the basketball. And then 
you had to be in, in great shape to stay with Reggie Miller. It's the same thing with, with Steph Curry. You have to be in great shape to stay with him. If not, it's going to be threes all night. Because there was a play the other the, uh, the, the night of the game where the ball was on the strong side and he was on the weak side. And he was just standing there. And then so I don't know who was guarding him, but uh, one of the players, one of the Bulls players just relaxed for a second to, to kind of eye watch the ball. And all of a sudden, Steph Curry just ran and he got like a down screen. It was a quick three. Bam, bam. It was it, it happened within milliseconds because the player took his eyes off. And I think it might have been Javante Green took his eyes off Curry for that one second millisecond. And he came down off a down screen and caught it for three. And they know where he's at, where he's at on the floor. They know where to throw the ball. I mean, it's 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 fun to watch. They, and the way they move the ball, Mark, I mean, pass, cut, screen, boom. Not not too many teams play like that. And that makes them that hard, to, uh, that much more difficult to defend because you got player movement and you got ball movement. And I've always said that about the Bulls. When they win the games, it's because they have player movement and ball movement. They're getting 25, 30 assists. The ball is popping around and guys are getting open shots. I know you got to check on your early bird special dinner over there, but uh, we're going to talk a little football. <laughs> and before we let you go, Stace, I know you were intrigued by some of the comments uh, that Justin Fields made during the bye week that, you know, he says, yeah, Green Bay enjoyed. You got Aaron Rodgers and you're sitting at the top of the heap, but uh, we're coming and, and we're not scared. Well, you know what? If you're a Bears fan, you got to be you got to be really ecstatic about that because you, he first of all he knows the rivalry between the two. Um, he's he's experienced it. You know, he saw what Aaron Rodgers said, and I'm sure it's been played in in that, in that locker room a hundred times. And uh, I think he understands now what the rivalry is because he's been in rivalries, Michigan, Ohio State. He understands what that is and how important it is for him as the quarterback and the leader to play well to lead his team to those victories and those big games. So it's great if I'm a Bulls fan, I mean a Bears fan, I'm ecstatic that he understands that. How many other quarterbacks have you heard that's put on a Bears helmet even mention something like that? You know, they look at it, oh, it's just another game. It's just another game. Here's a kid who's fresh out of college that understands what the rivalry is and takes it personal. He saw how they celebrated. He saw what they did to him and – you know, it's, it's, he's taking pride in that. So if I'm a Bears fan and I'm Bears organization and in the front office, I'm happy. I need to get more players like him. Yeah, I want to see him winning uh, Green Bay and running the end zone and say, I own you, and it just started. <laughs> <laughs> I just started owning hey, you. <laughs> I, I just want him to win. I just want him to win. I just want him to play well. The kid's got enormous talent. Um, you know, this, you know, you get him a better offensive line, start putting, start building the team around him, get him a running back, uh, uh, change of pace back, a guy that can run between the tackles, get you three or four yards, get you another guy that you bring in on third down. Like we had Cohen a few years ago and how big an impact when they had both him. And what was the guy they had that went to Philadelphia, uh, the running back that they ended up letting go to Philadelphia Montgomery. Was it Montgomery? No, Montgomery's still there. No, I know who you're talking about, but then yeah, I can't think of the name right off the top of my head. He was more yeah, of a power back, yeah. straight ahead they, runner. They had the power back. Howard his name. Howard. Yards. Yeah, Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard. And Indiana. Then had Jordan Howard. So you had Howard playing between the tackles. You had Cohen outside and the third down back. Kind of like kind of like what you see in Kansas City, the early going. And then they kind of got away from that. And they haven't really they haven't really put anything around this kid to to protect him, to give him some, you know, take some pressure off him where he doesn't have to make every play or every throw. I think when they focus on that, first of all, offensive line is the most important thing. Get offensive line, 
maybe change your offensive your offensive playbook to something very similar to what uh, Lamar Jackson has in you know Baltimore, but still be more pass oriented, but have some RPO run options where you actually can take advantage of his four four speed because you know when you look at Lamar Jackson, he's a game changer. Like you, you, and now he can pass. See, before it was like, oh, he's just a running quarterback. He runs thirty times a game. You can't say that now because he's throwing. He's got weapons around him. He's worked on his passing, and now he's just a deadly passer as he is a runner. A lot of crazy results in the NFL last couple of weeks. Uh, Dallas got beat by Denver, then they bounced <clears> back <throat> and really destroyed the Atlanta Falcons. And then this past week, Tom Brady threw a couple of picks. Tampa Bay lost. All the talk about the Rams being a super team after signing Odell Beckham Jr. They got housed by the 49ers on Monday night. What do you make of what's going on in the NFL? Is it just like kind of a, a midseason team thing where teams are going through a little bit of a lull? Well, you know, Tampa Bay, you know, I, I look at Tampa Bay as, as, as like their team. They know what they can do. It's kind of like how we were. You know, we didn't really concern ourselves with the regular season. We don't want to lose games, but we didn't care if New York got home court advantage. You know, most teams in, you know, the back in those days, is like the only way to beat the Bulls was to get home court advantage. Well, we when we played, we didn't care if New York had a home court advantage. They got a home court advantage. They beat us like four times that year, got a home court advantage. But then we beat them in the playoffs. So if you got confidence in your team and you know what you got, veteran players that know how to show up in big moments, you're not worried about whether you got a home court advantage. And I think Tampa Bay is the same way. Tampa Bay proved that they could walk into Green Bay and Lambeau in the cold weather and win a football game when it counted to trip to the Super Bowl. So they don't feel any pressure going anywhere to New Orleans, to wherever to win uh, to win on the road. So I think them, I'm not worried about them. The, the team that went out and bought all the players, you got Von Miller, you got Odell Beckham Jr., you got Aaron Donald, you went out and got Stafford, traded quarterback for quarterback. Um, you're a high-powered offense. That's the team I think needs to you need to evaluate a little bit more because you know they get up a lot of first round picks to get all these star players and they they basically are selling it out to win now. It's win now, forget the future. So when you're in that mindset, you know, and you saw the way they played, you know, last night against the San Francisco, you know, 49ers, you know, San Francisco 49ers look like they were the best team of the two. Right. Right. And and clearly by record, they're not. But for some reason, they play the Rams very, very well. And they look dominant. You know, you got Kittle was back. When Kittle's out there, it gives Jimmy G an option. He can throw it to a guy he knows, kind of like Gronk, when Brady and Gronk. He trusts. He knows he can make a bad throw, and the guy will go make him look good. Um, their running game was going good. Debo Sanders is like an amazing talent. I mean, a guy that he can put in the running back position run him out of RPOs. He can go deep. He can go mid. I mean, he, he can catch every pass you throw to him. Uh, they just look like a dominant team. But the Rams have got to figure it out because, you know, you got, you know, Stafford looked bad yesterday. He looked really bad. A lot of turnovers. But there was a lot of plays his receivers let him down. There were balls, countless balls that hit people's hands that they dropped. And that's not on the quarterback. That's on the receivers, whether that's lack of focus or, you know, just it's just a bad night. I don't expect the Rams to play like that next week. I expect them to come back and, and put up like 40-some points, and I expect Odell Beckham to be a huge, huge addition to that team. Well, since Whispers is uh, Nostradamus on this panel here, who, who's going to win the Super Bowl now? You look at the standings, you've got Green Bay, Arizona, the Rams, Tampa, all kind of muddled at the top of the NFC, and the AFC 
is wide open. Uh, Kansas City looked good. Mahomes had a real five through five touchdown passes in his last game. But you look at the top, it's, it's Buffalo, it's Tennessee. Who do you like? I think it's pretty obvious. Cam Newton's back, and Carolina's going all the way. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm back. You, oh you just lost I'm your back. Nostradamus card. Yeah, no, yeah, you, you ain't lying. I had to yeah. throw it out there because he looked. He was so excited. And those first two plays, a running touchdown, a passing touchdown. Yeah, but, uh, first, okay. First of all, first of all Tim, no, temper, no, no. temper the excitement. He was. He only had to run two inches to get to the goal line. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, you could have scored that touchdown. Hey, if Nagy and was then, coaching him, we'd kick a field goal. So. Listen, let me tell you this. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, I will say this. I will say this, that I still think Kansas City is a team to beat in the AFC. I don't care if they have home court, home field advantage. I think Mahomes, they're going to figure it out. Um, I, th- I think the way teams are playing them now, and, and I think now, because he's such a gunslinger, it's so obvious. It's like they're putting two deep safeties back, and they're taking away the deep ball for them making the big home run play. And it's taken him three, four weeks to figure it out because he's such a, I'm, you know, you're going to play me this way. I'm still going to throw it 50 yards. I don't care. Oh, now it's intercepted. Well, I got to start reading defenses better. It's obvious now that he understands that Andy Reid has reached him and said, look, until you make this adjustment, every team in the league is going to play us this way. You've got to start using the tight end. You've got to start taking the short stuff. Forget the home run. We may not score as many points. It may be 24 points. It may be 18 points. But the whole objective is to win the ball game and cut the turnovers down. So you saw that against the Raiders. They were taking, they were, they weren't taking deep shots. They were taking the mid-range shots, the short shots, which opens the deep shots. Because now teams are going, okay, they're killing us up the middle. They're killing us on short game. So now we got to bring the two deep safeties down and play regular defense. Now you let, you know, you let the cheetah go deep. You let all these fast receivers go, you know, and now you start ripping it out. And that's what they did. Anything going on in the world of uh, UFC or boxing this weekend you guys want to talk about? Anything? Uh, Tim, did you watch the fights weekend? this weekend? Uh, yeah. I, it was disappointing. What do you think? <laughs> it's not the same as the prior What week. a sales pitch. So, uh, Get yeah. your money out. It was really disappointing. Well, but why, I was, why were you disappointed? No, I was still going to go back to, I was with the Nostradamus thing, I was going to go Titans over Green Bay for my uh, Super Bowl, but uh, that's if Derrick Henry comes back. Oh, God. T- Tim's having uh, trouble focusing on the topics at hand here. Why, no, no, yeah, no, I, I mean, he just, he's, like a, he's, like a 80, hey, he's like a hey, he's like an 80-year-old like man. Like, you know, your grandfather, <laughs> you're talking to your grandfather, you're saying, hey, hey, grandpa, but, you know, how, what do you think about the Bears winning? And then all of a sudden, well, the Bears are, you know, I really like the Bears. But in 1936, I, I used to surf. Did you know that? Like, well, we're not talking about that. We switch subjects. We're not talking about that, Grandpa. We're talking about the football game. We're not talking about how you used to surf. That's Tim. Tim no, is I, like I don't focus on uncle. disappointment. Yeah, before we started taping, they were playing the uh, the theme from Succession. I don't know if you guys watched that, but uh, but old man Roy was losing his marbles yesterday. Oh, yeah, that was, that's yeah, a great, yeah, great see, that's Yeah, that's, 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 that's Tim. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to play that drinking game. Every time he says "fuck off," have a beer. <laughs> fuck off. I can't believe he's the voice of McDonald's. You ever yeah, notice that? Yeah, yeah. Have, have, have some nuggets yeah. and a Happy Meal. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think he's eating a lot at McDonald's. That's that's just. No, I don't know. He might. Yeah. He had a heart attack in that last episode. <laughs> he might be. Might be doing some nuggets. <laughs> Stacey, what about you? You got, oh my any, God. you got any new TV you're watching? You jump onto any shows lately? 
You know what? Somebody is telling me to watch Yellowstone. Oh, that's I good. I think it's Yellowstone. Yeah, I started you that. You watch it, Tim? I, I, yeah, I haven't really loved it that much. I watched the first three it episodes. Gets yeah, okay. It's violent. You'll like the guy Rip. The daughter's out there. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Good, yeah. Good at. <laughs> Somebody told me that. Somebody said, you got to watch Yellowstone. Like 10 people yeah. have told me that. Yellowstone, Yellowstone. And I'm like, okay, it's like, what is it? Is it like, is She's it like Yellowstone Park? <laughs> she is. Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 it's, Yo, it's Yogi Bear and Boo Boo. Smarter than the average yeah. bear. Hey, hey, Boo Boo. Hey, Boo Boo. No. But I, I, you know, honestly, like, I'm trying to catch up on some movies that I haven't watched. Like, I'm I'm trying to watch the James Bond movie. Yeah. The last, um, Six hours I don't know what long. the name of it is, but and and then I watch shut up. <laughs> and then and then like the Fast and Furious Nine. I need to watch that because I haven't seen that. So when I'm on the road, this is what I do. I catch up on movies on on demand that I don't get a chance to watch anymore because of my schedule. So I, I do like binge watching in the hotel room. So I'm just sitting here watching movies before you guys, you know, you guys harass me to come on the show. If you guys could not <laughs> come do on the show, show. it's your show. Me, I was going to take the day off and it was just going to be whispers and Mark and Mark would just be talking to himself. That'd be so a short Mark, show. What do you think? <laughs> He's like, hey, Mark, Mark, what do you think? Well, Mark, well, Mark, oh, so, I think. So, I, so. I, I would have started Pavel, asking Pavel questions in Russian. Yeah. That, that would have been Pavel, good. Has Pavel tried to attack you today, Mark? Cause, no, because you know, no, we I'm haven't there, taken Pavel a break yet. To get you. <laughs> I have no control. America, America, America. Pavel is hiding right now. He doesn't want to be seen because he has IRS looking for him. So he's behind the scenes right now. But he is a great, great little DJ back there. He runs the board, man. We would not be able to do this show without Pavel. And yeah. we appreciate him doing it. We do. Well. So, so hey. what was the quality meal that you ordered? I'm just curious on your health kick here. Hey, listen, you know what? Hey, listen, keep that on down. You, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got I got some food Nazis over there that won't, won't let me eat what I want to eat. Yeah. They, like threaten to slap things out of my hands. Get it out of your hands. What do you eat? Hey, 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 all right. Okay. So I'm keeping everything on the down low right now. So and, and Whisper, don't you worry about what I'm eating, okay? Don't worry hey, I'm about done. that. I'm just worried about you. <laughs> okay. I'll, hey, you know, first of all, first of all, Whisper, I need you to read, I need you to read a couple of reads for me right now yeah. while you're there. Okay, I need you to read the hot sauce read because I'm not there. So you need to read the hot sauce read, and you need to read. I don't Ricky think City he's prepared. Read. I, I, I see he hasn't brought his homework with him. Oh, we're gonna have to add live. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, go, go ahead what and add live. Let's, let's well, see you, how you well you can do, do it. the windy limousines you know, yourself. The, and seriously, the holidays are coming up. If you want to get that special, distinctive gift mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that people say, "Hey, you really put some thought into this," you want to go to gimmethehotsauce.com. Where you can get our whole line of specialty sauces. You got the Stacy's Q, the great barbecue sauce. Get the three get, pack. St. <laughs> Pat's Verde, the green <laughs> sauce, and of course the original. Give me the hot sauce. So whispers, that wasn't that hard, was it? No, Give me the hot sauce dot com. Yes, that was that was the key part. And remember, <laughs> she'll, she'll like it too. too. She'll like it too. And if you need a car. And you need to be driven around anywhere to the airport or That's right. midway. If you need to take your wife out to dinner and you don't feel like driving your own car, call Windy City Limo. Mm-hmm. They will come and get you. That's the car I use. I use it going to the airport. I use it for any time I need a car. I call Windy City. They're the best. They take care of me and they got great prices. And make sure you give them a call and tell them Stacy sent you. Okay. I don't know if you'll get a discount because I sent you. I don't know. But just try it anyway. Say, hey, Stacy said I get a discount if I call you guys. So uh, I don't know if they offer one, but that hurt to ask. So make sure you 
get Windy City. <laughs> you know, you know, we normally we normally have scripted reads, but we had to go ghetto today. We had to go ghetto style, and uh, because our guy Timmy Whispers, who's in charge of these things, he's also oh, an advertisement. Man. You would never wow. know. You would never know. He doesn't wow. have his advertisement reads, and he's unprepared. Okay, I thought you carried the paper with you. Oh, uh, yeah. He's, he's taking all the commercial reads with him to Portland and wow. the whole West Coast trip. Yeah. Wow, Whispers. It was a cheese so what, do you guys, what, you guys got, what do you guys got playing this weekend? Watching a lot of football. Just cooking ribs. Hey, I, I'm, oh, uh, I'm starting wow. my, uh, my Windy City Bulls this week, Stace. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Doing, oh, yeah. doing the uh, are, are, analysts for the games. They're going to be on NBC Sports Chicago. Most of them are live. Some are on tape delay. Now, on Wednesday is their home opener against the Motor City Crews, and we're going to be on after uh, Bulls Portland, so that'll be fun. Really? Yeah. Oh, hey, so now that you work there, you know, you're doing the games. Dude, if I want to come down there, do you got any pool to give me a good seat, not put me up in the nosebleed section to a G League game? I can get you right in the front row, Stacey. It won't be a problem. Okay, that's what I, that's what I want to do. That's why I know the mark because I'm only coming to listen to you. There you go. You crap while you're on air. That sounds I'm like, good. Sanowski! What the, are you talking about, Sanowski? And sometimes we get a nice crowd, and sometimes you can hear every voice in the arena. So we'll. <laughs> hey, I, I tell you what, I tell you what, I, I'm glad for you, Mark, because you you are really good at what you do. I'm glad that you that you're continuing to expand. Yeah, you know, your your. Your, your portfolio, that's good. Because, I, I, like I said, I love when you work with me. I thought you was great at it. So it's good that Windy City is uh, is letting you do it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be fun. You can check out those games on NBC Sports Chicago. And we're going to let Stacy go and let him enjoy his dinner. Thanks for uh, joining us on the road. I know we're going to have to do this a few times, maybe even next week, because I guess you're going back on the road well, again next week. Let, let me just tell Whispers something. All right. Whispers, I heard your little comment about you're making ribs. I heard that. You try to sneak it in. Yeah, we still have yet to have the give me the hot sauce, you know, rib fest that you promised us that we were all supposed to come to your house and and, and you were supposed to make rib for us. Apparently it's going to be a winter edition, holiday special. Wow. Mark, see see what I'm talking about right there? I'm going to grab a three-pack and go home. He's making ribs for himself and his friends, but he's not making them for the give me the hot sauce group. That's okay. That's okay. All right, right, Tim. I'll see you when I get back. Now I'll see you when I get back. Pavel, great job today, Pavel. What the Russian nightmare, baby. Hit the scratch, baby. Yeah, give him the music. Give him the music. <laughs> no, hit me with the guns, Pavel. Hit me with the guns. Hit me with the guns. You got the rifles? Guns? Guns? There you go. I've been shot. <laughs> I like it. All right. Stacy, enjoy the rest of the road trip, my friend. We look forward to seeing you back here in Chicago next week. All right, boys. I'm glad you held down the ship while I was away. I'm proud of you guys. Yeah. You know, it takes it, it takes one it's more than one man that runs this show, baby. That's I right. know I'm the headliner, but you guys are right there. Michael Jackson can't do without the Jackson Five. Okay. <laughs> so uh, even though I'm out there and I'm Michael and you might be Tito, uh, <laughs> and okay? you might be Tito. Well, yeah. You might be Tito. You know, uh, Mark, you're Jermaine. All right, that's okay. I'll take that. Guy, so yeah. yeah, but you're Tito. <laughs> I'm always crying. You know, dude, hey, I want I want I want Tim to play the tambourines in the back. Just play the That's let one me, instrument I can Mark, Let me and Mark just sing it, Dad. You just play That's the right. in the back, whispers. <laughs> <laughs>
No ribs for you. <laughs> well, that was not going to happen anyway. So you know. that was that was going to happen. Oh, okay. hey, the last time, hey there Mark, the last time he, he told me, he said, he said one summer, he said, hey, we're going to get on the boat this summer, yeah. and uh, you want to come out? I said, yeah, you going to be on the boat out in Lake Geneva? Yeah, I'll be out there. Cool. Yeah. He goes, I said, you know, he goes, um, you have a, you happen to have a um, tuxedo? And I said, what? He said, he said, you have to have a tuxedo. Uh, I need you to serve or you're serving the good folks. All my guests. And, and, he, and he goes, I got white gloves for you too. I'm like, Oh, oh, you gonna invite me out there to serve to serve hors d'oeuvres and drinks. That's Jimmy Whisper for you, America. That's what I have to deal with. 30 years of abuse. There you go. Oh man. There's a fortunes. All right, man, Pablo. Man. How about the closing music? You got that ready? The all right, let's go. Let's go, Pablo. <laughs> oh, we're back to the disco. Yeah. <laughs> forget, forget the give me the hot sauce anthem. We're going funk out of the way. We're going Moscow 54. <laughs>